This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. March 16th, 2020. A date a lot of us will never forget. The day the news broke of the Cardinals acquiring DeAndre Hopkins, a move that the team would confirm four days later. Fast forward one year, March 1st, 2021, at 10.46 a.m. Arizona time, the tweets from the verified Twitter accounts of J.J. Watt. Source, colon, me, above a picture of Watt working out in a Cardinals t-shirt. Full disclosure, gentlemen, at first I didn't know what to make of it. Then, sure enough, more tweets from those that cover the NFL. This is happening. J.J. Watt is joining the Cardinals. Not long later, the press release, and it's done. Wow. Just wow. The first big splash of free agency, and it comes, MJ, a couple of weeks before the official starts of free agency. Yeah, and, you know, you look at a guy like J.J. Watt and the magnitude when he got released, you got to think 31 other teams were going to take a look at him and watch film. But, you know, everything we heard was Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and there could have been somebody else, maybe up to nine or ten teams in here out of left field, a stunner. J.J. Watt is now a member of the Arizona Cardinals, so I was shocked. A lot to get into over the next hour here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. First things first, Bertram Berry, your initial reaction to the news that, well, second only to you perhaps, the biggest free agent addition by the Arizona Cardinals on defense. Woo! <laughs> that was my response. That, that's all I had for you. I mean, I, I was completely floored that we were able to land J.J. Watt and to think a guy of that magnitude. Uh, and he had talked about a guy that wanted to go to a contender, a guy that he felt had a chance to win a Super Bowl. So the fact that he feels that way about the Arizona Cardinals, along with the money being right, that just makes me that much more excited. And I think the important distinction there is he chose the Cardinals, and we'll get into what we think that means for this team going forward. But let's hear from the man himself. We expect to hear more from him later, hopefully sooner rather than later. But J.J. Watt landed touchdown in Arizona yesterday. Owner Michael Bidwell flying Watt and his wife to town and getting off the plane. Watt telling azcardinals.com this. I'm very excited. Uh, my wife and I are very excited to be here. Uh, Mr. Bidwell, Steve, everybody here has, has been unbelievable so far. And I'm just excited to get started. I'm very excited to get started, get to work, get to know the people of Arizona, and uh, to go to work to try and help them win a championship. The one thing that I can promise you is I'm going to work my ass off every single day to make you proud. And uh, I'm very proud to be a part of the Bird Gang in the Red Sea. So let's get started. 
And that's one thing, B-Train, you can never question is the work ethic of one J.J. Watt. Yes, he's had injuries, players get hurt, but he has always come back with a vengeance and will do everything possible to make sure he is on the field for 16 Sundays with the Cardinals. And he's one of the guys that he just leads by example. And that's the thing that is so impressive about J.J. Watt. Yes, he's a guy, three-time defensive player of the year. He's got all the accolades, NFL man of the year. But the work ethic has always remained the same. And I think that's something that a lot of guys in that locker room are going to really pick up on. Not so much his name and, and, and what he comes with as far as his resume, but the fact that he's going to work. And that's as legendary as, as his performance on the field. So he's going to set a tone just by his presence and his work ethic before he even has to say a word. And I think there are very few guys in the NFL or even the sports world, for that matter, that can do that. And he's definitely one of them. And we're lucky to have him here in the Valley. I'll say this. You know, instead of him saying we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win the division and this team's got, you know, big things happening, he, that's who he is. I mean, he's a high-effort guy, but he's also a, a very talented football player. He, he relies on his technique. So I was encouraged, you know, not making any promises, but he's going to work hard, and that will be something that his teammates will see. And that, as B-Train pointed out, that will go a long way in the locker room. Yeah, he made it perfectly clear his motives for coming to the Cardinals. And as we talked about, MJ, you mentioned the rumors out there, Packers, Bills, Browns, Titans, maybe even the Steelers, yet it's the Cardinals that are the team that come away in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes, so to speak, something Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football talked about earlier this morning. They were early in on J.J. Watt. They got in touch with him early, but he definitely had other offers and other places to go. And Buffalo, for one, was the one that showed significant interest. The money was right with Arizona, but they also courted him. Steve Mm. Kime got in there early and was like, we want you. We are going to build around you. You are going to be the missing piece. They really did invest a lot of time and energy in recruiting J.J. Watt. And I think J.J. Watt felt that love. And the Cardinals players, MJ, also went about recruiting. We heard from Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, the Instagram post of Hopkins and Watt in Cardinals uniform saying, hey, let's finish what we started, going back to their time together with the Houston Texans. So make no mistake about it, the Cardinals wanted Watts, and maybe the uh, effort was reciprocated on J.J. Watts' part. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, I mean, just from a standpoint of – you know, Steve Kime obviously put the full court press on. You know, Vance Joseph had a role in this. He coached him in Houston. He was his linebackers coach there. Um, you know, Chandler Jones has obviously been in contact with them, recruiting him. DeAndre Hopkins obviously had the intel there. So I know it comes down to money and fit, but it just seems like what he went through in Houston, the culture, over the last year. Now, granted, prior to that, they were making the playoffs. They just weren't going very deep. Here, I think it's more about the lifestyle. Nothing against Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, but it's 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 cold there in the winter. And I think when you look at a guy that's going to be 32 years old, he hears good things from Hop, he hears good things from Vance, and then you throw in Chandler. And he signed off on this. And, you know, Arizona's a great place to, to live. So I, I think it's more than just trying to chase a ring and, and clearly the Cardinals want him to win and, and obviously the defense should be a lot better but I, I don't think it was just a football thing. I think it was he got good advice and the recruiting really helped to make his decision. Jonathan Joseph this morning on Sirius XM NFL talked about having a conversation with J.J. Watt. He and Watt 
teammates with the Texans and Jonathan Joseph, who's due to become an unrestricted free agent, had nothing but good things to say about his time with the Arizona Cardinals. And then you look at what the details are. A two-year deal with a reported $31 million, including $23 million guaranteed. But it's why the Cardinals were able to do this, and that is something that I don't think is get talked enough about, but because you have a quarterback under his rookie contract, talking about Kyler Murray, now you're surrounding Murray with pieces, not just on the offensive end, but defensively as well. Dan Arlovsky brought that up yesterday on ESPN. This is a huge signing, and it's the signing, I don't think it's the last one. I think Arizona's looking at this as a two-year window and make some moves, and this is the first of many moves to come for them because we have to remember that they have that financial flexibility with Kyler being young and on that rookie deal. And so J.J. Watt is still a capable player. Certainly not the last move this team needs to make, B-Train, because there are other holes that need to be addressed. But it is on the defensive end, and I'll give you credit. What did we see? The last team to play a football game in 2020, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won a Super Bowl because of their defense. And that's always going to be the recipe for winning a championship, and, and it's, it's not going to change. And, and, yes, you have to get yourself in position to win with offense and scoring points. But it always comes back to the D, baby. If you ain't got no D, you ain't winning jack. And that's just the NFL in a nutshell. And the Cardinals understood that. They went out and got one of the more premier guys in J.J. Watt, a guy that has has shown over a long period of time, a decade, that he can get it done when he's got the right pieces around him and when he's got a culture that's really healthy. Uh, and, and he's happy. I think you see the best of J.J. Watt, and, and, and this culture is definitely going to be one that fits him. He's already familiar with a few key pieces, wide receiver, coaches, so he's going to fit right in, and, and, and the players in that locker room are going to welcome him because they all understand that J.J. Watt gives them a, a better chance to win than not having him on the team. The first domino, if you will, to fall with respects to improving this Arizona Cardinals team coming up in 2021, something that owner Michael Bidwell last week on Newsmakers Week with Doug and Wolf on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station kind of hinted at because of a lower salary cap and teams having to make tough decisions as far as releasing players, i.e. veterans like a J.J. Watt. You know, there's going to be a seismic shift here. You know, we've already started to see it with veterans that are going to be cut around the league. And so when you think about what's going to happen going forward, we're going to be able to improve this team. There are going to be other teams that are going to be moving around uh, because they're going to lose talent. And I'm, I'm very bullish on 2021. Perhaps MJ speaking it into existence. Again, this was ahead of the move officially as far as J.J. Watt is concerned. But uh, for her, apparently, obviously, Michael knew perhaps what was in the works as far as recruiting a J.J. Watt. And, yes, veterans on the markets. First one, J.J. Watt. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is – we always talk about, you know, this is going to be an unprecedented offseason because of the salary cap going down, but there's ways to be creative. I mean, we the NFL feels like the cap's going to go up, could be 210, it could be even higher when the TV contract kicks in next year. So there's ways to structure contracts, and we'll find out, I guess, down the road what the actual contract looks like. But I'm, i got to assume it's a lot of incentives just based on his history with injuries. Um, but you also look at it as a plug-and-play guy. And o- over the years, Craig, we've talked about having that defensive tackle like Fletcher Cox, you know, Chris Jones, Frank, Frank Clark, uh, Aaron Donald. And now they got a guy that can obviously help the defense as a whole. 
you know, I think he's going to be a, a 34 defensive end, and then maybe he can go to a 3, 5, or 6 technique when they go to nickel. So there's ways to move him around. We got a chance to see Aaron Donald move around last year, and I think that's what the Cardinals are going to try to move him around. But the fact that they have a guy like this, and we haven't even talked about what he does off the field. I mean, this guy's he's just a, you know, a great player and a great person, and you know, I think a lot of people are really excited. I, I know people want to know what number he's going to wear, and season ticket holders want to renew. So this is this creates some excitement. But again, you got to win games. And of course, as far as how Watt fits, we'll get into that in our next segment. But you're talking about a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, a five-time Pro Bowler, and a five-time First Team All-Pro selection. Most recently, coming in 2018, one of the best pass rushers to ever do it. And now you pair him up with a champion. Jones and really interested to get Bertram Berry's thoughts on that as we continue here on this Tuesday edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Certainly it is all about J.J. Watts and this note that we can tell you, Bird Gang, right now, we will hear from J.J. Watt later on this afternoon a press conference via Zoom scheduled for 1 p.m. this afternoon. So go back to azcardinals.com for more on that but jj watt his first words to the public to the media if you will he's already spoken to you bird gang via azcardinals.com when he touched down last night in arizona but we will hear more from watt as far as why the arizona cardinals and what he sees for that two years that he'll be spending at least with the cardinals update to the latest version of the cardinals mobile app today the app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience visit azcardinals.com slash app for more Well, we teased it. How does Watt fit with what the Cardinals currently have on the roster? We'll rely on our experts on that end of the field. Bertram Berry, that is all straight ahead as we continue to talk about J.J. Watts. That's right. It is true. It's happening. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. J.J. Watt has just tweeted that he has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Whoa! J.J. Watt signing with the Arizona Cardinals. (laughs) That came out of nowhere. So this is it. This is it. Okay. Let's go. I love the fit. A massive deal for really one of the more up-and-coming teams in the NFL. J.J. Watt coming to the NFC West. It just gets better and better and better. That division is stacked. My gosh. That's an outstanding sign. From the Cardinals' point of view, this piece is the difference. Excited for Arizona Cardinals fans. Look at Steve Kahn. Got his in rest. Pushing buttons, making calls. Let's go, J.J. Watt! What? 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 He's J.J. Watt! What? What? He's big guy. Save Houston. Had nosebleed. Tackles people. He does this little dance. Just some of the reaction nationally on the news that J.J. Watt is signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Perhaps the greatest reaction was Colin Cowherd because it's real-time reaction, especially when the players are breaking their own news and it's not a report out there from an Ian Rappaport or an Adam Schefter, but when the player can can kind of control the news cycle, if you will, and that is exactly what J.J. Watt was able to do with that tweet as we talked about 10.46 a.m. Arizona time. Now, if it was Buffalo, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Cleveland, they would have said, oh, we know he was going there. He was going to go play with his brother. Why wouldn't he go play with, with Aaron Rodgers? Everyone was shocked just like we were. 
Yes, the Cardinals certainly had interest, and why wouldn't? I think all 32 teams would have interest in the J.J. Watt and his talent, but why would Watt have interest in the Cardinals? And that's an answer that we will get later on this afternoon when Watt addresses local reporters coming up at 1 p.m. But what we want to talk about here as we continue, welcome back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry is how J.J. Watt now fits within this defense B-train. And like... The Houston Texans, the Cardinals employ a 3-4. Watt played defensive end, always in a three-point stance. And, of course, now you have him as a defensive lineman opposite perhaps a Chandler Jones, or maybe you line them up together, and now all of a sudden that's a a nightmare for either a a left tackle or a right tackle to figure out what to do with those two edge rushers. But just uh, how you think Vance Joseph might use a J.J. Watt defensively? First of all, you're going to be able to have so much flexibility with a J.J. Watt because he's shown over his career that he can play up and down the defensive line. You can line him up as a five technique. You can line him up as a as a three technique. You can line him up over the over the center, and it, it doesn't really matter. He's going to be dominant whichever position that you put him in. And so there's a lot of different packages. I'm sure Vance Joseph can scheme up. But then when you start thinking about him alongside of Chandler Jones on the same side, when you talk about offensive line and, and, and their, their, uh, their responsibilities as far as who is they're going to block, uh, it, it is a nightmare because if they're on the same side, well, who are you going to double team and who are you going to let be singled up? And so I, I love the idea of them at times being on the same side. I really love the idea of them being on opposite sides because if they're on opposite sides, then you can't slide to both guys. You've got to pick your poison. And I think for, for them, they're, they're going to take full advantage of that because both of these guys are veterans, they're winners, and, and they have a, a, an abundance of knowledge on how to get after quarterbacks and, and how to read offensive lines in their different blocking teams. Here's the stat. Most sacks since 2012. Chandler Jones, 99. J.J. Watt, 95 and a half. MJ now, they're teammates. Yeah, and, you know, Listen, I know sacks win games, but it's also the pressures, the knockdowns, the hurries, the tackle for losses. This rush defense should be much better, okay? And the fact that they can move them around, I don't think we're going to see six defensive backs like we did last year in in five linebackers. I mean, you're going to see them try to win at the line of scrimmage. And if you're a guy like Lecky Fotu, Zach Allen, or Rashard Lawrence, I mean, you're just a sponge there. And we'll see what happens with Corey Peters. But, you know, sacks are obviously, you know, they're game changers. Impact sacks happen in the fourth quarter. But he does the little things, and he's going to make guys around him better. We, I think, if I remember correctly, J.J. Watt was the one player who was the most double-teamed all of last season. If he wasn't one, he was in the top three. But he was that, number one. He was number one. Appreciate that. Now, of course, when you have a Chandler Jones on the field as well, knock on wood, he stays healthy, then I'm guessing there's not going to be as many double teams. That should be a given, something the NFL Network's Bucky Brooks brought up yesterday. Oh, it absolutely is a fit. Vance Joseph will take that, and he is going to bring a lot of pressure. The Cardinals are a top-five blitz team, so they want to blitz so they can get more one-on-one matchups. J.J. Watt was the most double-team edge rusher last year, so now he gets more one-on-one opportunities. You begin to focus on him. Chandler Jones gets one-on-one, and we saw the stat. These two guys ranked top one and two in sacks from 2012. If you're the Cardinals in a division where you have good quarterbacks, 
quarterback play, you have to be able to knock the quarterback down. And you look at what Watt did last season, B-Tran, I know five sacks doesn't sound like a lot, but to MJ's point, how do you affect the quarterback in the pocket, make him uncomfortable, make him throw the ball away early? I think that's what the Cardinals look for when you have a Chandler Jones and a J.J. Watt throwing a Jordan Phillips up the middle because that quarterback, you want the ball out of his hands ASAP. Well, the one thing I can say is when you look at this defensive line, you wonder, is it a defensive line or is it the front court for the Phoenix Suns? Because J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones are pretty tall. And when you start talking about affecting the game in other ways, when these two guys are able to get their hands up, those are pretty lengthy arms that they're going to have to throw around. And so not only and you throw in a Jordan Phillips as well, he's a big man himself. So uh, this is going to be one of the bigger, more physical defensive lines we've seen. And you start talking about rushing the passer, yeah, that's great and sacks are great. But then you look at what the Cardinals have struggled with against the run. Uh, these guys are equally as committed to stopping the run as they are rushing the passer. So these guys are very versatile. They're all-around type defenders and guys that never come off the field. So uh, that's a, a huge lift, and that's a huge bonus for Vance Joseph, knowing that he's got at least three guys that no matter what happens, they're going to be on the field each and every play unless they're, they're getting a break. Yeah, he was double teamed uh, 30% of the time, according to ESPN stats and info, most in the NFL by comparison. When Jones played a full season, he was double teamed 16% of the time. So you could see the difference there. And when you when you look at J.J. Watt, the fact is that, you know, when it comes to getting to the quarterback, um, you know, the one-two punch, I mean, his when you look at his uh, rate of increase, he gets pressure on the quarterback pretty much like three out of four point I think it's 3.4 percent of the time when he's on the field so again I think Vance has got to be licking his chops of what this defense could look like and when you look at it you know obviously the secondary is something they'll be focusing on you know over the next couple months but I think when you get a pass rush like that and you can win one-on-one matchups and maybe you don't have to blitz it maybe make it a little bit easier for your secondary again you have to have guys that can cover on the back end yeah that's the trickle down effect if you have a solid pass rush and the yeah. guys and the back end don't have to cover as long and B-Train I'm glad you brought up as far as handling the run because the Cardinals last year 22nd in rushing yards allowed per game 25th in rushing yards per play and we know what the 49ers did in that week 16 game at State Farm Stadium it was not pretty but to your point B train about the flexibility of a J.J. Watt here's Tom Pelissero on the NFL Network on how Vance Joseph might be able to move around a J.J. Watt. From the Cardinals' point of view, this piece is the difference because it gives them that inside pressure and push. The idea is Chandler Jones on the edge. You can match up J.J. Watt on offensive guards a lot more. Remember, he won his first Defensive Player of the Year award back in 2012 playing in this scheme in Houston. Vance Joseph, who's now the Cardinals' defensive coordinator, was an assistant on that staff. Yeah, he was the defensive backs coach for the Houston Texans for Watt's first three seasons with the Houston Texans. So, B-Train, you look at that front seven now with Zach Allen, Jordan Phillips, and J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, Isaiah Simmons, and perhaps question mark on that other outside linebacker because the trickle-down again is what happens now with a Hassan Reddick, a Marcus Golden. What do you do? It's a different position, and MJ likes to talk about positional spending, but it would seem because 
because of the dollar figures that you've allocated to a J.J. Watt, there just might not be enough on the table for a Redick and or Golden. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough decisions, but I understand when you have a J.J. Watt at at your fingertips, you have to go ahead and pull that trigger because there aren't very many J.J. Watts walking around the NFL. So I I totally get that, and and you've got to give kudos to Steve Kime and and Michael Bidwell for for pushing that button and, and making that happen. And as you said, when you start looking at the business side, this is the part that sucks because now you're going to have to make really tough decisions on guys that were really, really productive and, and really helped this team enjoy some success that it had last year. And, and of course, you start with Hassan Reddick and, and, and what his asking price is going to be. Who knows? Uh, only he and his, his camp know what that is. But uh, you just wonder with the salary cap as it is, and, and J.J. just took a big part of that, uh, will there be enough to afford a Marcus Golden, a Hassan Reddick, or, or either of them? So it, it, it is you, you're gonna you're gonna get better in one area, but then you're gonna lose in the other area. So it, it, you just have to be able to pick your poison and, and hope that 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 JJ Watt can cover and and a healthy Chandler Jones can cover up whatever you may be lacking without some of those other playmakers on the defense. Now, MJ, you do have the franchise tag, transitional tag, but that is another chunk of change that would have to be taken and accounted for in the salary cap. And again, I just don't think you have the resources to do it. But then again, I would have said the same thing about landing a J.J. Watt. In fact, I did a week ago when we brought him up on Cardinals cover two as far as I just didn't think it was going to be a Cardinals move because of how many uh, holes this team needed to fill versus what it was going to take financially to get J.J. Watt to come to the Cardinals. But then again, what the heck do I know? And uh, if you want to make it happen, you can always find a way. Yeah, I've always felt that way. We, we know the cap's going down, but I think when you start looking at some of these guys, you know, uh, you know, a lot of veterans are going to get squeezed and they're going to have to take one-year contracts. But if you're committed to someone, you, you can spread that money out over the next couple of years. And clearly, I mean, teams are going to – try to you know um, you're going to see a lot of one-year deals but there's ways to get around the salary cap obviously everyone's playing with the same amount of money Uh, hopefully in the next day or so we're going to find out what the cap actually will be uh, because I think we're, teams are waiting to see if, what, what kind of moves they have to make and the Cardinals are going to have to make some moves it's, it's just it's just a part of the business side but you know the fact is you know Kennard last year was a signing and you know he missed some time and you know, you look at that outside linebacker position off of Chandler Jones. Obviously, Reddick's a guy that, you know, he's, he's going to command some money in the market. And I don't begrudge a guy to go out there and get paid. So I think more realistically, I think Marcus Golden could be an option. I, I just think Reddick's, um, with the numbers he put up, the age, um, the health factor, I, I do think there's going to be a market out there for him. So I think it's going to be difficult to retain him. Yeah, you see that 12-and-a-half sack number for Reddick, and that all automatically signals dollar figures in the players' eyes and in some team outside. Certainly would love to have Hassan Reddick. And then Marcus Golden, eight games he started, played in nine, three-and-a-half sacks, 15 quarterback hits, probably maybe a little bit of a cheaper option. Yeah, and, you know, Chandler Jones going into the final year of his contract, he's making close to $20 million cap number. You can extend him to push that money around to create more cap space. So if you really want a player, obviously positional spending will play a factor, but it's possible. 
We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. B-Train, we're talking all defense here on this week's edition of the show. When we come back, we'll talk more about J.J. Watt, what he means for this team in that locker room, and, of course, the relationship he has with one defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Center offset eye behind him. Adrian Peterson is the tailback. Receivers left and right. Here's the snap. Stafford back to pass. Looks, moves out left side. Intercepted by JJ Watt, and he's going to take it in for a touchdown. Matthew Stafford tried to make a quick throw. JJ Watt reached up, snatched it out of the air, and runs it in for six. The pick six at Detroit last year. JJ Watt, Ryan Radke on Westwood one. Hope to be hearing Dave Ash on the Arizona Cardinals radio network with calls like that coming up this season here in 2021 as we welcome you to the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry talking all things J.J. Watt. This segment, gentlemen, looking at his relationship with defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and then his leadership. First things first, and this business is all about relationships. Be trained off the field, on the field, and we've touched on the fact that J.J. Watt and Vance Joseph were together for Watt's first three seasons with the Houston Texans. Then Joseph was the DB's coach under defensive coordinator Wade Phillips. I'm sure there was some interaction. I don't know how much, but it's a familiar face. You can throw in a DeAndre Hopkins as well as far as someone that you can lean on that knows this area. But when you talk about relationships, you're going to a new team, a new conference, a new state. It is helpful to have someone that you can at least look eye to eye to and know that, well, we've already established that initial chemistry and you can help me as much as I can help you without question and I can even rely on my own experience I don't come to Arizona if Frank Bush is not the linebacker coach and and there was familiarity with that coaching staff and of course I didn't know anybody else other than him but the financial situation and the opportunity that Denny Green gave me was just too much to pass up but it really did help to know somebody on the coaching staff already and for J.J. Watt He's going to be welcome wherever he goes. Make no mistake. He, he has earned that right. He is a veteran. He is accomplished. He's a future Hall of Famer. So it didn't matter where he chose to go. They were going to make sure they rolled out the red carpet for him. But for the individual himself, as a, as a former player, you definitely want to go somewhere where there's familiarity, where there's some faces that you can rely upon and, and be able to talk to and, and uh, make them – he, 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 he knew – who Vance Joseph was. If you're on the field and, and you go through a season with, with the team, you know the coaching staff, you know the players, you know the trainers, you know everybody involved, and you've spent personal time with each and every one of them because you're there so much. So uh, it definitely was a help that, that Vance Joseph was here. And, of course, DeAndre Hopkins being a teammate as recently as a couple of years ago, that definitely uh, worked in the favor of the Arizona Cardinals. So, yes, knowing people and, and having that – that, that, that comfort level with, with certain guys, knowing that it's not going to be just a complete uh, cold uh, meeting as far as, as, as meeting the, the players and the team, it definitely goes a long way. B-Train, uh, you kind of alluded there, but, you know, Hopkins has been here a year, so obviously he's able to go to bat. You know, Cliff's a player's coach. You, you, you love Arizona. I know it comes down to fit and money, but you got Chandler Jones recruiting him. Steve Kine put the full core press on him. Jonathan Joseph talked to J.J. Watt. You know, um, 
DeAndre Hopkins relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got to make a decision because he could have gone anywhere. But how much does that help, though, where you get intel from guys that have been here? Oh, it's huge. And any anywhere he was going to go, he was going to talk to players that are already on that team and get a feel for the culture and get a feel for the city and get a feel for the head coach and the people that he's going to be in contact with on a regular basis because a lot of people assume that you and the head coach talk all the time. That's just not the case. Unless you're the quarterback or, or you're, you're a coordinator and, and a coach, you really don't spend a lot of time with the head coach. It's the assistant coaches, it's the position coaches, and the coordinator that you spend all of your time with. And those are the guys that you really need to get to know and be able to get along with because it doesn't have to be like your BFF. But if you have a mutual respect for one another and you can go out there and, and, and work toward the common goal, then that's going to be the key, and, and that's going to be the difference in your experience in a, in a certain organization and, and whether you're going to flourish or whether it's going to be opposite and you're looking for the, the, the front door to be able to get up out of there. Well, you're exactly right. You know, According to uh, some of the stories I read over the last 24 hours is that he didn't know a single coach in, in Cleveland and that he didn't feel comfortable with that. So, again, relationships do matter. I know it's money and fit, but at the, at the end of the day, you've got to be feel comfortable with your decision. Something that we touched on and Lewis Riddick on ESPN brought up yesterday when the news broke that J.J. Watt was coming to the Arizona Cardinals, specifically brought up Vance Joseph. Some of the most successful veteran player acquisitions that I was ever a part of involved players who had familiarity with coaches on the staff and or key players already on the football team because now that player comes in you already know what they bring to the table there isn't this feeling out period you probably have talked extensively before they even step foot in the building so you can hit the ground running right away so I think that's a huge part of it I wouldn't doubt at all that JJ really factored this into his decision the other aspect of this is we know what J.J. Watt can do on the football field, but what can he do off the football field as far as walking into that locker room and being a leader, something that a lot of people believe was lacking with the Arizona Cardinals a year ago. B-Train touched on that at the start of the show. More on that in a moment. But speaking of Watt's leadership, remember this passionate rant in late December last season. If you can't come in and put work in in the building, go out to the practice field and work hard, do your lifts and do what you're supposed to do, you should not be here. This is a job. We are getting paid a whole lot of money. There are a lot of people that watch us and invest their time and their money into buying our jerseys and buying a whole bunch of and they care about it and work four and 11. So if you can't go out there and you can't work out, you can't show up on time, you can't practice, you can't want to go out there and win, you shouldn't be here. Because this is a privilege. It's the greatest job in the world. You get to go out and play a game. Guys lead differently, B-Train, and we know that there are leaders in that Cardinals locker room, Larry Fitzgerald, Corey Peters. But the one difference between those players and what we just heard, J.J. Watt's going to say it publicly. We don't know what Fitz says behind the scenes, but he is not publicly going to have a passionate rant. Never has, never will. But now you have a guy walking into that locker room, regardless if it's offense, defense, or special teams, that can lead everyone around him, not only with his actions, but also with his words. Okay, let's go inside the locker room real fast. Bigger guys have more of an impact as far as their words. And when I talk about bigger guys, I mean offense and defensive line. If you don't have a leader on the offense or defensive line that's, that's a, a team-wide leader, then you're going to struggle. And, and the reason is, 
when you talk about a J.J. Watt, he's a big guy, but he's in the trenches. And he's actually doing what he's talking about. He, a lot of the, the guys on the outside, and, and I don't mean any shade towards them, but when you start talking about toughness and being able to fight through pain and injury and things of that nature, that's more for the big guys that are going head-to-head each and every play, that are, that are, that are going up against each other and pushing and pulling all game long. And when you have guys that are really good like J.J. Watt and are really big, like J.J. Watt, their, their voice is going to be heard a, a, a lot more and, and going to be more well-received than a, a smaller guy, and that's just the nature of the beast. Good big beats good little every single time. And you have someone who has the resume, three-time defensive player of the year, a perennial pro bowler, a perennial all-pro, so he's going to walk in and automatically command respect. And, MJ, I'll go back, and I've heard this comparison. It's a little bit different as far as quarterback versus a defensive player, but Tom Brady, one player did make the difference for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll go locally here with the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul, one guy made the difference for the Suns thus far here in 2020-2021. Can Watt be that same guy? I bet you. Michael Bidwell, Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury are hoping for and probably a part of the reason, a lot of the reason why they were able to make this deal happen. He can be that guy, but it's football. I mean, it's a little bit different than other sports. You still got to figure out what you're going to do with the uh, wide receiver position. But from defensively, I mean, yes, he. I mean, he's a difference maker. He's going to make plays, and we're going to see games and say, "Wow, that's J.J. Watt." And people are saying, "Well, when they brought in Terrell Suggs, there was a lot of excitement." Suggs was 37 years old. I mean. No disrespect, he he obviously made his mark in Baltimore and he wanted to come home and I didn't have an issue with the signing. We were looking for him and Chandler Jones, but he'll turn 32 here soon. Um, totally different situation, obviously, you know, different personalities. So um, I think it can work. I think it was a good signing for the Cardinals and I think it was a good signing for J.J. Watt knowing that he wanted to be here. Funny, B-Train, we talk about leadership only when things aren't going well. I don't remember a couple of years ago when the Cardinals were winning games, a lot of the leadership angle was discussed, but it's a narrative that you bring up when there are things going wrong or you're not being as successful as possible. We're looking for a reason why, and one of the easy reasons to point to is a lack of leadership. And, and that, that's just that's how sports go. When you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're looking for reasons why. You're trying to problem solve. You're trying to figure out how we can get this thing turned around and go in a different direction. And then the guys that are generally received as your best players have to be the, the guys that can step up. And if they're not going to say something, then they at least need to go out there and do something to help change the fortunes of the team during that particular season. And I think for J.J. Watt, he's a guy that he has shown that he is willing to put his body on the line uh, almost to his detri- detriment at times. But uh, I think he has shown that there's not anything that he wouldn't do to win. And he has definitely put his body where his mouth is. And I think that carries as much weight as anything else when you start talking about the presence of J.J. Watt and his leadership. He played over a 1,000 snaps last year. That's very unusual for a defensive lineman to play that much. Aaron Donald played about 866, and they're moving Aaron Donald around. Yes, he only had five sacks, but as we told you, he was the he faced the most double teams of any player in the league. He didn't have the, the, that roster they had on defense in the month of December. It, it was it was kind of interesting because you would have thought they were practice squad players. I mean, he had no talent around them, and he's getting double teamed. And you look at you know his total pressure since 2012. He's got 625. He's fourth overall. You know who has right behind him? 
Chandler Jones, 517. You talked about the 1,000-plus defensive snaps. He played 91% of the defensive snaps for the Houston Texans last season. So he's coming off a year in which he played all 16 games, and he's played all 16 games in seven of his 10 seasons. It just so happens that those three years he didn't, well, that also happened in the last five seasons with the Texans. And, yes, you have to be on the field to be effective, sometimes even in the locker room as well. We continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, we kind of go back to our initial reactions, the where were you when segments of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rielu, Mike Drecki, and Bertram Berry. That's right, an entire hour devoted to J.J. Watt. He's earned it. He deserves it. And the Cardinals certainly hope that it continues in 2021. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun. Luck can't handle the snap. Ball is free. Knocked around. And it's controlled by Watt. Picked up. Running with it to the 40, to the 30, to the 20. He's gone. Touchdown. What can he do? The scoop and score against the Indianapolis Colts. Ian Eagle on Westwood 1. J.J. Watt, 45-yard fumble return for a touchdown as we continue discussing J.J. Watts and his signing with the Arizona Cardinals. A two-year deal worth the reported $31 million. The first big move of free agency, not only for the Cardinals, but the entire NFL. There have been other moves. Yes, we're talking trades, but this a signing ahead of the start of free agency. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report. We do it every Tuesday all year round at 11 a.m. here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network as we put a bow on this edition talking about where were you when this news broke before we kind of go around the horn here. Here is one video, as they say, B-Train, that went viral. A young Cardinals fan coming home from school and his mom telling him that J.J. Watt had just signed with his favorite football team. Are you ready for the news? Yes. J.J. Watt signed to the Cardinals. You really did. Oh my gosh! Let's go! Yes, we're making the playoffs! Gotta love the enthusiasm there. If you haven't seen it, it is on social media, on Twitter, at AZMama of five. Take a look. I'll try to paint the picture here, but basically this kid's running around the living room as, you know, it's like (laughs) Christmas morning, B-Train, you know what that feels like. You've been there before, but uh, hey, everyone reacts differently, and here's a bona fide fan, a young fan, all of a sudden, he knows that his favorite team just got better. i tell you what, I, I, I kind of had that same reaction when I first signed here with the Cardinals back in 2004. You know, I mean, I, I felt <laughs> like I'd won the lottery, and uh, you know, I was very happy to be here myself, and, and so... Whenever you are a fan and, and you, you root for a team, you want them to do everything that they possibly can to put themselves in a position to win. And I think for a lot of Cardinals fans, uh, they just got a, a little shot of, of, of energy and a, a lot of optimism 
uh, shot into their veins because they know that having a player of the caliber of a J.J. Watt, he definitely can change fortunes. And, and having him on your team, he, he could be responsible himself for at least one and a half games here in 2021. So uh, that that is very, very encouraging. And I think for uh, the, the people who are going to be at State Farm Stadium, uh, they're going to be excited. Uh, you're going to be excited anyway because football will be back. But then once you have a player – that can bring in that kind of fan base and that kind of interest, uh, it definitely makes it exciting, and, and, and that'll just uh, really make Michael Bidwell happy because, you know, the, the sales for the tickets will definitely take a, a hike, uh, and, and, and people will be excited more than ever to uh, get new jerseys and all that kind of stuff that goes along with that. So uh, it's, it's exciting to be a Cardinals fan right now, and, and, and uh, we're just going to enjoy our, our time in the sun and uh, – being the talk of the NFL uh, NFL world right now. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see the Red Sea back here. I mean, it, you know, last year they definitely were missed. It was kind of weird. Players just adapted to it, and you know, you got to play football when the game when the ball's in the air. But just having the Red Sea here, and you know, hopefully training camp can be open. But uh, you know, and listen, free agency hasn't even started yet. We haven't even talked about the draft. So this is this is a really great score now you can continue to build that roster whether it's on the offense or defense and and clearly they got some free agents they would like to retain but this is a big big score for the redbirds 10 46 a.m on monday march 1st 2021 the day the moment jj watt announced himself that he was coming to the arizona cardinals and we will hear more from jj watt Later on today, 1 p.m. is the press conference. For all of your coverage, go to azcardinals.com. Of course, we'll talk about it next week as well. Special thanks to those behind the scenes that helped make it happen. Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Mahundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. We'll talk to you in one week's time. For Mike Jarecki, Bertrand Berry, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.